Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 249. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? 249, what does the crowd think of that? Almost a big 250. Yeah, we took off last week. It's been a little bit crazy. Things have been busy. Summertime, trying to embrace it. Sinus infection thing going. It was horrible. Yeah, you were a little you were a little banged up last week. I had some yeah. stuff going on. I had some people from coming from out of town, coming from across the pond, actually. Really. That's right. Yeah, Canadian visitors, right? Yes. My father-in-law came by to visit this past weekend and he confirmed that they did purchase that winter cabin. <sighs> so he's got a summer cabin south. and a winter cabin now. He's retiring at the end of July. He's got a summer cabin on the water, kind of by the Swedish border. And he just purchased a winter cabin. I think it's, I think you can actually cross country ski into Lillehammer from there. Wow. It's just a few kilometers away. Cause you got to say kilometers because that it's would be cool. You cross country ski in and then you ski all day and cross country ski back. Well, they're in like a famous, like whatever the famous like cross country trail is there. They live right off of that trail. Like you wow. just go out a few steps and you're on it. Yeah. So that's a so big do, cross country area. Yeah. So the main, I think it's, um, Hafjall is the, the big ski town. That's like half an hour away. And then okay. Nord Nordfjall, I think is like an hour away. So hmm. he's like, he's within an hour of like three ski resorts now Wow. in, in his cabin in his retirement. So, that's Hey nice. man, this is, this could be a potential trip, an annual trip out to norway we shall have to do it man dude i have to do it yeah gonna have to binge watch lillehammer and just go on out there (laughs) giovanni hendrickson giovanni hendrickson it up (laughs) yeah so that's why we've been a little busy you know summer you know we don't promise you every week in the summer you know this we do our best we broke it up we had the two episodes we had the under the ropes which i will tell you yeah we got rave reviews on the under the ropes podcast that we did last and yeah, thank you to everyone cool. who checked it out. We do appreciate it. Thank you, everyone who's listening to this. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ski Bum Podcast. Also untapped, at Ski Bum Podcast. We've been not doing so great on the socials. We have to... Doing horrible on the socials. We're doing horrible on a lot of things. We're we doing horrible. Good, yeah, we just need same. to promote it. We need people to see this. We need to share it. Yeah, but if you could rate and subscribe, that would really help. So you do it on the website, you go to your favorite podcasting app, do it there. We have yeah, a. If you had kids about 14 to 16 years ago, they'd be hitting their prime of like helping out with social media. We'd be set, but we did not do that. <laughs> we did not do that, unfortunately. Well, you got what, another 10, probably 10 years before they were. 10 years. Right? Maybe yeah. a little 12 years. I think of, 13. Uh, I, I think at 13, he could do it. So nine. Yeah. He's a smart kid. Question oh, really want to. They'll be doing it at 10. They'll have some other app for like 10 year olds that is blown Well, that's up. the beauty. We need him to kind of tell us what's new, what's cool, what we have to be on. I mean, we right. did we ever set up a TikTok account? Why no. didn't we? I was boycotting TikTok. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, you got to go where the eyeballs are. That's the thing. Snapchat, I think, is coming back with the young kids. I don't know. The... The 14 year old in the house is saying he's on snap. And I'm like, what are you doing on snap? I'm like, he's trying to get dates. I, I know it. Good for him. Good for him. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Hey, if you know what the hell we should do on TikTok and snap, hit us up at ski podcast at gmail.com. We may have some new sponsors coming soon. 
Nice. So TBD, hold on tight. Burn talks. Burn talks. But thank you everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. Mario, let's kick it off. And before we do, this is going to be an old school episode. We're going to go. We did separate. We did the regular episode. We had the under the ropes. It's the summertime. All bets are off. We're doing a combined episode. We're doing old school. This is the collab. The collab collab. between the two. Bring it together. We got the peanut butter and the jelly in the same jar. Boom. It's time for Opre today. So I have my pre-Opre ski. So this is my... Right when I get off the mountain, or in this case, out of work, uh, I decided to try this one, which is the Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty. The local IPA. Mighty. 95 calories. Look at that. Yeah. 95 calories. I think it's only about, it's about 4.0. Not very alcoholic, but it's a nice, easy drinking. It's actually, when I compare this to the all day IPA, the founders, this is a little more IPA-ish. The founders is a little more pale ale-ish. Okay. But it has good flavor. Yeah. It's got, got more hops than I thought it would. You know, I'm looking at what, you can eat for a hundred calories. So you're at 97. Yeah. Do you know an apple is a hundred calories? I'm like having an apple. Boom. It's like an apple pretty much. A it's banana like is like a hundred calories. Boom. See? Wait, eating a hundred calories in one and a half bananas. I don't understand what this is telling me. Oh, now it's one and so a I'm half. Asking, I'm asking what does a hundred calories look like, but it's like a British website so when you talk about like stuff they're like oh it weighs like four stone it's like what the hell does that even goddamn mean i love when they still use stone i'm like that fucking calculation is crazy it's like even crazier than like centigrade to fahrenheit okay here we go here's the goddamn american website has some normal information one cup of red seedless grapes 100 calories half of a medium cantaloupe that's a lot of cantaloupe that's a lot of cantaloupe 100 calories. One cup yeah. fresh raspberries. 60 calories. Huh. So Quarter I've had a lot of fruit right raisins. now. Pretty much. You've, you've eaten the equivalent of uh, pretty much half a medium cantaloupe. Have a little half a fruit bowl right now. 25 baby carrots. Aw. Aw. The baby. I, I don't think 25 baby carrots would fit in this can. Dude, how, how can they... It should be like 20 to 30 baby carrots because they range in sizes. You never know. I mean, they have some that are like the little tiny, like minuscule ones. Right. The ones that are like a thumb. Like the baby carrot range is wide. I mean, there's, there's no... range. Yeah. Like this is not 100% uniform. Yeah, not not very uniform. And there's always like a few that are just like super tiny in there. Exactly. Trying to keep with the podcast and keep with having some good beers. I did like that. I, I enjoyed it. I still like the uh, all day better. And then they have the uh, high, high low instead of the high. Oh, you like the, the all day better. <clears throat> I think I like the all day better. Okay. Um, and then the high low. So high lie cigar city. They have a high low. Which yeah. Is I saw the it at the liquor store last week. Yeah. It's actually really good. Uh, it? it has the taste of the high lie. It's actually a little less bitter. And it's only 4%. So you can crush those at the beach or something. Nice. Not bad. And then this next one, I'm going to break out now. So do it too. We're combining two podcasts. Might as well just. Boom. I'm oh. doing the King Sue. Because you used to do the Pseudo Sue, right? The Pseudo Sue, which uh, is a really toppling Goliath. It's a really well rated one. This is a double. 
So it's a double IPA. King Sue, nice. And so the Pseudo one, Sue is a, same, a regular IPA, right? Right. So the Pseudo Sue I found in the local store. This one was one of the ones that I ordered when I ordered from um, Craft Beer Sellers. Craft Beer Sellers. Because I was like, holy crap, they got the double. So I haven't, I'm too lazy to go out and look for it. So I was like, oh, I saw it on the website. I'm like, let me get it while I'm shopping. Nice. Add it to the cart. So. Um, so this is a double. Let me look this one up. It's a humdinger. A humdinger, all right. Oh, this is even wow, this is different than the than the pseudo sue. So pseudo sue is more like a regular IPA, a lot of hop, a lot of like you know. Um, good flavor. This one is actually made with citra hops and you taste the, um, <clears throat> you taste citrus right away. Uh, okay. so the other reason I got this, I looked up, you know, the pseudo Sue, but then I looked up the King Sue. This got a 100 score on beer advocate. 100 score. And it's ranked number 49 on the top. I think top IPAs, but let me see. Or top, top 250. It made top 50. Wow. Yeah. Top 250 rated beers. It made 49. <clears throat> so I figured, hey, let's chuck that in the basket and try it. Because the pseudo suit was, um, yeah, pseudo suit was pretty good. So this one is, um, I, I don't have a glass. I should chuck it in a glass because they're saying it's got a nice haze to it. Um, but yeah, definitely a nice uh, citra. You can smell it. And you could taste it. Tasting is like very citrusy, very like orangey and and lemony. Nice. Mm. Oh, it's very tasty. Um, I tell you, you, you have it, and it kind of on the sides of your tongue, it kind of gives you a little bit more flavor, almost like a little juicy fruit flavor. Not a potent juicy fruit, but mm. has that little fruity aftertaste uh 7.8 abv so that sounds awesome but yeah I king got 100. sue king sue world class i'm like gotta get one of those so now that i had it i'm gonna recommend it to everybody because uh it's pretty damn good the pseudo sue i liked as well have you ever tried that one yeah i think you may have given me one one time okay yeah that was yeah, really good and this one is very different than the other one. So very interesting. Nice. All right. So that's my little, I had to post this to, uh, untapped. Yeah. Showing off bragging, bragging, bragging rights. You're bragging with that one right there. So what do you got, Bri? So I went to the liquor store. I'd mentioned earlier, my father-in-law was coming to town. You know, he's coming nice. from lockdown Norway and their weird uh, beers they have there. So they're not able to do anything, right? I'm surprised uh, he was able to get to the airport from where he lives. They're pretty, they're still pretty locked down over there. Damn. Their vaccinations are rolling out slow. Like they just, they, they can't do a whole lot, but it's getting a little bit better. So I have to have some fun, cool stuff when he comes around as a little, you know, little welcoming treat. Nice. You shouldn't go to the liquor store when you're happy. <laughs> you should be depressed. You should know what you want. It should be shitty. You should pick it up and you should leave. 
That's just like everybody else. Exactly. I was in a good mood. I was feeling jolly. I went in there and I was like, you know, I was going to buy a bottle of Maker's Mark. I'm like, you know what? Let's get a fancier bourbon that costs twice as much. Why Look not? Right? What'd you wind up getting? Well, it'll be in a future episode, but oh. I got I got the uh, Colorado rum cask bourbon. Oh, nice. Which I guess can't be called a bourbon because they put it in the rum cask after. Right. The word bourbon is not on there. That was awesome, though. It was really good. And then I was like, just like, just like scampering around the store. Like, oh, what else can I get? And I got my watermelon Kolsch that I love, which is my summer beer of choice. Oh. And I'm still, and again, I have no cart. I'm just still scampering, carrying all my stuff. Carrying you know? it all because you're just not thinking. And then for some reason, I was like, you know what? Look at all these goddamn hard seltzers. This is ridiculous. And I have oh, no idea. A lot of them now. I have no idea where to start. I don't, I'm not buying White Claw because that's what everyone drinks. I'm not getting Truly. You said it sucks. Oh, Truly is hard. I mean, it's got to be up to everybody's palate. I had the um, the Spanish brand. It's uh, they make all the Spanish sodas. It's um, Tapo Chico. They have a line of seltzers, so I tried those. They were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, making these goddamn things. So, oh yeah. What did I do? I said, God damn it! I think we're people coming over. I want to have some options again. I saw something cool because I, you know me. I don't like supporting the big guy. I like supporting the little guy. The little guy. So I saw that the good folks at Cape May Brewing have created their own hard seltzer. Ah, look at that. So I got a Cape May hard seltzer black cherry made with fresh juice. Nice. Well, actually I got a variety pack because they had like the 12 pack. Yeah. And it was like black cherry and mango and grapefruit. I'm like, all these flavors sound lovely. So Sweet. I had the mango, which was good. And now I'm going to have the black cherry, which surprisingly, I thought this would be clear, but it's not. It's like black cherry looking. Ah, all right. I, I don't even know what to tell you. It tastes like seltzer I mean, with flavor. <laughs> it's it's pretty like it tastes like black cherry. Yeah, like you had black cherry seltzer. All right. You know, like polar or lacroix or lacroix or any of those lacroix lacroix i mean i feel like i'm drinking nothing here but there is a very juicy taste at the end of black cherries i guess and it's always funny how they tell you like oh it's made with juice with fresh juice but of course because it's alcohol they don't tell you what kind of juice it is Oh, was it black cherry syrup or was it all natural or not there actually are ingredients here Filtered carbonated water, alcohol from cold fermented cane sugar, dark sweet cherry concentrate, natural black cherry flavor, sodium citrate, and citric acid. Nice. So there you go. Actually sounds pretty good. It's tasty. I mean, again, this is something you drink it on the beach. You can drink it all day, all night, and still drive the family home kind of thing. Very nice. It's good. You know, it's just... uh, 97 calories. There you go. We're in the, this calorie thing again. So pretty much in the same ballpark as your, your IPA. Nice. What would I prefer to drink? Depends what kind of mood I'm in right now. This is hitting the spot. This is i uh, I'm telling you, you know, I was a hater when the, when the seltzers came out and then my wife's drinking, I'm like, I don't think they're manly. And now I see all dudes drinking them and I'm like, 
I I tried them just to see what the fascination was about. And now I'm like, you know, if I'm at the beach, it's really hot out. It's better than a beer sometimes. Yeah, I definitely could see that. And I was with you. I looked at the people who were drinking those and like, I hate all these people. Like I'm not drinking their beverage. But again, I saw Cape May Brewing. They've made some really good beers over the years. I said, you know what? I'm supporting them. I'm not buying the big, the big ones. And yeah, this is, I, uh, I gave it to my sister-in-law too. She was over last weekend and she loved it. She had the, I think the grapefruit one and she really liked it. And she's a, you know, seltzer girl. She's probably probably got 13 different kinds of them in her fridge right now. Uh, Oh my God, we're going to YOLO tonight. That's funny. So not bad. So good job. Kate May Brewing Company. Not as good as your double evacuation, double IPA, which is awesome, but it's still. Definitely still solid you know again I, yeah well i think it's actually oh it's called coastal evacuation coastal evac- double evacuation <laughs> double evacuation yeah it's like dude you guys gotta fucking go now dude there's x in this thing yeah <laughs> this thing will make you go you gotta go <laughs> that was the app right today and you know what we're not going to ski news we're gonna take a stop let's get into the genjula yeah that's how we're doing it today so speaking of the gondola our buddy frank reached out and i may oh, hang out with him next week boy so i don't old know. frank and beans yeah frank and beans coming back so he's probably listening to this he's probably getting ready for his trip down here he's and, probably uh, boozing it on his lawnmower right now listening to this that's right and uh yeah we'll see what we get into next week it'll be fun we'll do a Maybe we'll do a little sec. He may be somehow on the podcast next week. We'll see. Well, perhaps you, if you follow us on Instagram at Ski Bum Podcast, you may see some shenanigans posted. There will be shenanigans right? to be had. Well, as we're in the gondola, there is one story this week, and it's a big one, especially for folks in the New England area. Connecticut, that haven of fun between New York and Boston planning the governor's planning to sign legal cannabis bill that is heading to his desk boom the senate voted thursday to legalize the recreational use of cannabis for adults in connecticut the final legislative action for a bill that lays the groundwork for the new industry in connecticut and attempts to address racial inequities stemming from the nation's war on drugs Hmm. The legislation, which passed on a 16 to 11 vote, now moves to Governor Ned Lamont's desk. Lamont, you big four, <laughs> four Democrats joined all Sanford's the Republicans son. in attendance and opposition. Nine senators were absent for the vote. Nine fucking senators. What's a lazy, overpaid bitches? Go to your, do your fucking job, dude. What are you getting paid for? If I don't show up nine days to my job, they fucking, they ax me. But this, this is a big ass- vote. At my these, job. These ass clowns getting benefits and pensions for life. They don't even show up to the vote. They are so, like, just... They're showboating now at this point. Pretty much. So this is big. So the governor is expected to sign it in because his uh, administration helped negotiate the final deal. I mean, it, it was almost like the writing was on the wall. I mean, Massachusetts, legal. New yeah. York has legalized Jersey has legalized Rhode Island. Eh, who knows what they're doing so, over there? Did but like Jersey everyone's surrounding them. recreational though? They did, but it hasn't actually gone on sale yet. So they did with the inevitable, but so we'll see how long it takes, but they, they legalized. So, yeah. So all yeah. of them are legalized now. It's getting kind of crazy. It's something again, 
15 years ago, you'd be like, ah, they're never going to legalize marijuana. And now yeah. it's starting to almost half the country is going to be legalized in the next probably year or so. Yeah. Pretty amazing. But good job, yeah, Connecticut. I, I kind of feel in, in Florida here, they're, they're not really rushing to it because it's very easy to get your medical card and just get it. So they're like, it's kind of recreational. You just go in, say something hurts and boom, you get your card. And the thing with the medical though, is it's like, do you, do you want to make a ton of money or you make a little bit of money? It's like, Jesus Christ, how, how yeah. in bed with, with big pharma is your state, is your governor, is your, uh, are your politicians? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I yeah. think the, uh, the medical people are fighting the legalization recreationally because it would ruin their business to some degree. I think they're thinking, think about it. why, why? you going to go medical when you could just get it recreational. Exactly. Same stuff. You but know? it's the same shops, the same dispensaries. Yeah. But now you have access to probably what 30x more customers. Right. That's what I don't understand. But I think what they have a hook into is the, the number way. of dispensaries. It's like well, for and then medical the source of the product. Like they have to have their own source. So now mm -hmm. they can grow for medical. I like I don't know. There's there's something about it that they're they're not all on board. Yeah. Which is suspect to me. Shady. Everybody's protecting their own ace. That's pretty much what it comes down to. <clears throat> but that's good. Now you got uh, all up there, like depending on how they, how quickly they get up online. We have a buddy. I won't name names because I know they have reputations and jobs to protect, but um, <laughs> we have a buddy in the New Jersey area that just got their medical card. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, yeah, the only problem is there's not, there's one close, there's a dispensary close to him, but there's not a lot of dispensaries. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the problem. I'm, I'm sure with the start of everything. Um, but I'm sure that'll change pretty quickly. Every vape shop, if they can, will turn into. Well, yeah, he's in New Jersey. And yeah, there's such a limited number of places because, you know, the yeah. medical restrictions under uh, our former fat governor were so limited yeah. that, you know, most people couldn't get it, but they're they're really starting to pop up now. Yeah, I'm sure he's spread like wildfire. And he's yeah. lucky because there's one pretty close to him already. So, yeah. But yeah. All right. So, good there. job, Connecticut. Well done. Well done. Let's go to Ski News. And more happy New England news. Very happy. The Homelight Killington <laughs> Cup returns. When did they brand it Home Light? Was that this this year? I think it was 2019 was the first year that it was Home Light. All right. It's funny. I love that somebody's sponsoring it and they get their boost from it. But it's kind of funny and it kind of annoys me when they slap their brand on it because then it's like, well, you used to have the Winston Cup. Now it's the whatever cup. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, you know, at some point you're like, I, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the same race or the same event. Oh, but, what the hell is it? Yeah. Cause I was like, it was like, oh, well, cigarettes are bad now. So now it's gotta be something else. Right. But everybody Bush, knew it. The Bush cup, the Budweiser cup, something like right. that. Probably. Oh, that's promoting drinking and driving. Now we got to change something like it's one cause after another. Home light, I guess. Home lights. What are they? Insurance is home light. Like a, it's like a real estate company. Are they? Yeah, they find the perfect real estate agent. Sell your home faster. So I guess it's like a brand of realtor. So they don't really do much. They just make money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they just take a cut. Taking a cut. 
but it's so funny too like you listen to like even sporting events it's like it's the uh philly cream cheese five minutes of the period <laughs> left it's like everything like the yeah the power plays guys the worst is radio if you listen to like a, any sort of game on the radio oh they'll they start doing all, a commercial during the play they do that <laughs> but like everything has a sponsor it's like yeah. oh if so-and-so scores a goal you get a free frosty at wendy's and it's like if if this guy makes 14 saves it's like you get a free bank account or free checks at your bank for like the month like it's just yeah. everything that they do yeah they it's do like down a, here what is it um I think it's the Bucks or the Lightning. One of them, when you get like the, one of the pizza places, like you get like a two dollar pizza or something stupid like that. It's like, wow, you get a crappy pizza for cheap. Okay, great. You know, if you're in college, it's perfect. You know, yeah. Um, Regardless, home light, Killington yeah. Cup. So they didn't have it last year because, again, last year was the stupidest year on record. <laughs> COVID happened. COVID was it, spreading on every mountain from from sea to t- shining sea. Every skier got COVID last year on the mountain. <laughs> Everyone. Because even though you wear a face mask, that wasn't the right face mask to wear, right? Right. Exactly. Should have worn six face masks. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But they pretty much kept the FIS uh, racing series was over in Europe. They had a couple of events canceled, but they didn't come to the U.S., obviously, because they were only in Europe. So well, there was a nice little streak there of about, what was it four years? I think Killington I think had it. Four years, yeah. And it was a great time. And then they snubbed the U.S. And then, you know, because of COVID, they didn't get it. But it is back the weekend of Thanksgiving, November 26th through 28th, FIS Women's World Cup event. Nice. And it's going to be the live music and fireworks and parades and movie screenings. And this is a it's well-known back. event. Like, you know, it's funny. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering how much more traffic they're getting from Europeans coming to Killington to, to see the event and just throughout the year to say, hey, I want to go up there. I want to see where the World Cup is or, or go skiing there. Like, it, there's got to be a bump they're getting from this, which I'd like to see those numbers. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know how much European travelers are getting. I mean, cause think about it. If you're in, in Switzerland, you're just going to go to the, the Swiss event or the Austrian event. I mean, maybe for novelty, they'll do it, but you're getting a lot of New York, New Jersey, you know, there's, there's Europeans that are like, look, we can go skiing at Killington and we can go to Boston. We can go to New York. Like they're all within a few hours. I mean, you, I'm sure there's some, yeah. yeah. But again, it, it's all the Northeast people who are, are making the, the trip up there. Actually, you mentioned England and Europe. I'm actually almost done with the Dan Egan book, 30 Years in a White Haze. All right. And it's a, it's a great read. It's, it really is a, a fantastic story. He's had such a cool life. And one nice. of the things he did, he was working for Ski 93 in the 90s. And one of his big things was getting European travelers to come to nice. ski in New England, which was pretty I mean, cool. European people got some cash too to spend. I mean, it's, it's very good to see. Yeah. So it's going to be another big event. And, you know, I wonder, it, you can make the argument either way. It's either going to be bigger than it was in 2019 because everyone's like pent up and wanting to go there and fired up and excited. Or it could be people are a little, you know, still a little reticent, maybe don't want to make the travel. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be near people. And well, you know, if you want to stay at a, a nice local place, 
on the mountain, very close to the walking distance from the mountain. And you don't mind bunking up with like a lot of people. Like if you're not really COVID sensitive, we know a buddy that stays in Pinnacle. It's got a place in Pinnacle that we could hook you up with. And, you know, it might be a lot of money to stay there, but it's going to be better than staying in some crappy hotel. I wonder if it's possible to hijack the yurt for that weekend. Oh, set up our own yurt. Look at me. Just tent it up. This is my yurt now. This is my yurt now. Just take like over Genghis, the yurt. You got to dress up as Genghis Khan and just take that shit over. It's my yurt now. Yurt it up. Just take over. The, there's two Taking yurts there. Out. Isn't there? Isn't there? There's the one main yurt. Isn't there another yurt somewhere I else? I think that's the bathroom. I'll take that over too. A secret hidden yurt. <laughs> we got the main yurt for the for the classy guests. And for you guys, we got the we got the other yurt. It used to be a bathroom, but. Yeah, that'd be so funny if someone just took over the yurt. I mean, that'd be a great way for us to get some publicity is if we just close it off. We commandeered the yurt with like, you know, weapons. It's like, do you have hostages? No, No. we don't have to to commandeer it like that. All we got to do is show up early, cone it off, put like some construction signs. Like, no, it's closed. Sorry, you can't come in. We dig a moat. A freaking yurt, man. And then we put the ring of fire around and little barriers like... Get us out of this yurt. We're not coming out, man. <laughs> we've like we've boarded ourselves in. <laughs> That's where you got to have an escape helicopter ready at all times. Yeah, ready to or just fire up the birds, or one of those Elon Musk boring tunnel machines, and like even better, burrow you know down into El Chapo. Oh, you get a tunnel on top of it. Why don't we start? If we start tunneling now, we could have the tunnel ready by the time we take over the yurt, and then we could just pop our way out. I got even better. You know my fascination with blimps. You blimp away, man. You just be like slow riding, blimping away. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Like the Goonies, you just blimp into the sunset. You could blimp. I'm taking the El Chapo <laughs> tunnel. Or you could have a diversion blimp. How about that? Diversion like, blimp. Now you're look, talking. They're getting away in the blimp. Let's get them. We could catch that thing. They're going to... Meanwhile, I Chapo and back out. You have the Air Force coming after you, like shooting you down. <laughs> they go too fast. They can't even shoot it down. They got to get like a 1940s plan to come and shoot it down. Get a friggin' P51 Mustang to take you out. That's what they're going to do. They're like, sir, we can't catch the blimp. It's it's going too slow. We what's just the, fly right by it. What's the word they use? Like scuttle the fighters or something? Yeah, scramble them. Scramble gonna, the jets. Yeah, they're going to scramble some jets. They're going to take you out in your blimp. Oh, even well, better. Scramble the blimps. <laughs> scramble the blimps. <laughs> they They have like... Like fighter jet blimps that come get the other blimp. That would be amazing. Be like a slow motion dogfight. Blimp wars. That movie. Blimp wars. A blimp on blimp fight, man. Blimp on blimp crime. Blimp on blimp crime. That's what I'm telling you. And we're just El Chapo on Route 4. That's right. Hopping out right down by that. uh, (laughs) What's the name of that pancake house? Sweet treats or whatever. Oh, yeah. Sweet treats is at the end. Sugar and spice. Sugar, Sugar and, and spice. spice at the bottom of the mountain, That's right across where, from the uh, what's that museum? The um, the maple syrup museum. No, no, no. There's a famous artist. What the hell's um, Norman Norman Rockwell Museum? Oh, look at Remember that. Remember driving up? They have that normal, and I never stopped in there. I was like, I'm so curious to see what Dance. they have in there. Probably like, is he from there or something? Like I don't know. Just imagine that. Then you're just. You're just popping out. You're in the museum. The cops are there. Everyone's going crazy. Like, where do these guys go? And you're just looking at some Norman Rockwell paintings. Eating, eating some 
syrup and pancakes some french toast <laughs> the perfect crime i'm looking at some art eating some french toast man mm, i'm a classy gentleman then again if all the cops are a certain way you could just be like cleaning that place out too huh what are you going to clean out from the norman rockwell museum <laughs> i have no idea it makes some nfts out of norman rockwell pieces yeah exactly she sure can't, you can't give away the secrets Oh my God, I better shut the hell up and get to the next story. Uh, and what is that uh, next story? Next gener- uh, next story is how a generation of skiers was robbed of rollerblading and what brought it back. We were robbed. Robbed. I was robbed. So for 35 years, skiing has had a convoluted skin- kinship with inline skating, and that's changing now. And we're proof positive of that because we went to the snow show. Uh, was it two years ago now? Jeez, 2019 like ever a simpler time it feels like 15 simpler years time. ago brian spilled a beer on the rollerblader uh sorry display. miles and then miles came over like what the hell man he's like oh sorry you know he, he was cool he's like he's gonna pull off his rollerblade and beat me with the brake that was his plan <laughs> the shit out of you at the rollerblade he's gonna and then shank we, me <laughs> and then we found out i think we we met up with them later like at night and he still had his rollerblades on he's like yeah i never take them off <laughs> He just we, rollerblades. We saw everywhere. him at yeah, like a restaurant, like a bar restaurant. <laughs> it's like twelve o'clock at night, and he still got his rollerblades on. That's the way to do it. He's like Roller Girl. He's hardcore from uh, Boogie Roll. Nights. That's right. She never uh, takes would, her skates off. Remember? I wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> well, he's like the manlier version. He's like the yin to her yang. The mustachioed version of that. The yin to her yang. <laughs> the yin to her yang. Now, uh, but that was cool. And, and we had that experience and he told us about the whole, you know, um, skate to, skate ski, to ski. Yeah. Very cool. And now I got rollerblades. You got rollerblades. Like, did you get new rollerblades? I did. And I've used them zero times so far, but I do I, have them. I used one, mine one time and I skated like I needed one of those little pushies on the ice. <laughs> and I went out with Bodie and he's like skating around. And he's like, are you all right? And I'm like, like I don't, yeah. I don't know you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm old. I haven't skated in a long time. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Rollerblading is the most underrated goddamn activity ever. It's so much fun. If you're a skier, again, I, I played hockey growing up. I Before I really got into skiing, that's what I was doing. I was playing a lot of roller hockey. And when I got into skiing, like my legs were ready to do this. I, I was so much more ahead of than people like anyone else, like just getting started at that point, because I had the leg muscles, the strength, the same yeah. kind of movement as skating. So, and now I, I love doing it. Like, it's just such a fun thing to do. Um, I have places around here I can go again. I'm haven't done it. I have this whole plan, this vision you in my could head. Go. You well, I have this, I have this vision in my head of fixing my goddamn <laughs> bike, which has been sitting for two fucking months fixing the goddamn derailleur but i did you know the part which i just got in the mail fixing this biking down to the path nice and then rollerblading and then biking back that is my plan it will happen at some point this summer how about this you clear out your entire basement and turn into a roller derby rink just go around that circle that was my childhood. Like my parents' house, we had this huge basement. I would just skate around in the basement. I had a little hockey goal awesome. set up in the corner. It was so much fun. It was great. Of course, yeah. I destroyed the air conditioning. I destroyed a hot water heater. Um, ah, but you know what? Right. When you're a kid, you're like, yeah, who gives a shit, dad? Get a new one. That's right. That's all right. It broke. I don't, I don't know why it broke. I'm sorry. My, my slap shot is so friggin' wicked. It can't be stopped. That's right. I got a wicked shot, dad. You should be happy with that. Don't worry about it. Benjamin will get you there. You should lean into my skills. 
Benjamin starts skating around. He's going to be rolling around that basement. Well, I, ha- I have taken him out a bunch of times. <clears throat> so I got yeah. skates for him too. And I got his thing is like, I have to get him all geared up and I have been too lazy to put his knee pads and elbow pads on. Yeah. I just put his helmet on and I take, I just kind of hold him just to get him the feeling of it. Cause he's not even four years old yet. So I'll just you like, give him pull a helmet, him around. that's it. That's a, that's all you got. That's all. I, it's good enough. For when now. you were a little, what'd you get? You got a little kick in the ass, get out of the house. That's it. Yeah. Oh, you got cut. Here's a little bandaid. Stop crying like a little bitch. Yes. So we, <laughs> but I would just like take him up and down the street and like pull him and like then I'd back away and let him like skate into me and stuff. So nice. I'm just trying to get him comfortable with it. But it's Dude, you so got to get a, um, you know, one of those, uh, the harnesses for the, uh, for the water skis, put that onto the car and just take him around town. That sounds like a fantastic idea. I wanted up in jail for that. <laughs> that's, that's not dangerous. Is it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's my whole plan was actually to take him skating, like me wearing my skates and him wearing his skates. And I could, you know, like almost like what I was doing with skiing, like put the leash on him that the ski trainer leash and let him yeah. go. And then I can kind of pull him back. But he's nice. like, it's, it's tough for a little kid, you know, like to get used to that. But I'm, you know, I'm still trying to, still trying to work through it and get him on there, but he likes doing it. Just, he's got like 15 minutes in him and then he's done. Are there any roller skating places left? Like roller skating rinks? Yeah. Like with the uh, 80s music and the lights, and the disco lights and shit. You know, I know there's actually one not, not too far from where I am. You take him there. Zip around, get the lights, get a little... Seriously. <clears throat> I know some places didn't allow rollerblades at those places. Oh, they're purists. They were purists, yeah. That's still pretty cool. But anyway, get back to this article. So they're saying 2020 was a momentous year for rollerblading, and they're attributing it, you know, because people were forced off the lifts. Uh, they actually started hitting out, you know, heading out on rollerblades uh, onto their local, um, you know, uh, bike paths and you know going out in ski towns and even Johnny Mosley, Olympic gold medalist, uh, did a write up in a video uh, reviving his blading workouts with his kids. Um, and even Wayne Gretzky chimed in with his support. So a lot of like famous hockey players too. I think we talked about this before. Like the eighties and nineties, like they were notorious for just like you know, being seen on rollerblades everywhere because that's, it's great training, you know, off ice training. So why not? So, um, and they're saying also, you know, a big part of the resurgence involved Jay skis. So Jay Leventhal. So, uh, previously founding, you know, line skis. And we actually talked to him on our podcast. Uh, forgot which episode that wasn't too far back. That was about back in January, probably like two twenty or something. As I say, two twenty-two thirty, right? Um, played an essential role in cultivating, popularizing, and solidifying what was originally known as new school skiing. So, uh, the new school genre of skiing um, stood on the shoulders of everything rollerblades had been doing for about ten solid years. Um, and yeah, it, he helped revive that, and his brand made an astounding move, posting a video of one of its uh, team athletes throwing down on blades in Salt Lake City Skate Park. So there's a lot of cool things. You know, you see somebody that can skate well, and you you watch videos of them, and you're like, ah, oh, I got to get out and try that, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's pretty awesome when you see it. Uh, yeah. I remember movies. Like, there were movies where... They had people like run around in rollerblades and like doing amazing stuff. Like, ah, oh, I got to get rollerblades. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're out there now and 
Brian and I are proof positive that you can still buy them. There's still stuff going on. Even Miles, uh, he even turned us on to a lot of events that they're doing through Rollerblades, um, Rollerblade.com or wherever it is. And they're, they're doing a lot of long distance stuff, like a lot of night blading, long distance blading. So very cool. Yeah. And then it goes into, apparently it was like uh, skateboarders who who made rollerblading uncool. And they said there was a singular theme that ran through the mockery. Rollerblading is completely gay and bladers are total fags. Uh, <laughs> and again, it's like, I don't know why. I don't know why all of a sudden, like, you know, that was their, uh, their rallying cry. You know, these, these brilliant skateboarders, but you know, yeah. for some reason, you know, some people are just such little thin skinned bitches that hurt their feelings. They're like I'm going to, I'm not going to rollerblade because someone called me a name. Somebody said it's cool. Now we have anti-bullying and anti-shaming. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. There'll be a month right. for you. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um, but yeah, they talk about also uh, how rollerblade did a promotional uh, spot where they had team rollerblade uh, with some sequences, um, and they showcased ro- uh, rollerbladers with ski poles carving ski turns down a paved road at sunset. And they're saying that style of rollerblading became the company's value proposition to skiers and the foundation of its ski to ski program. Uh, I actually knew somebody that was, when I went to Buffalo, he had transferred from somewhere. Uh, he was on a uh, ski team and they actually did the skate to ski during the summer with the poles, but it was only something that like at the time that it was really, you know, ski teams would do. So uh, now I'm sure a lot of people train with it off yeah. season. I know my sister uses those roller skis, which are they're, they're longer, right? They're longer. Yeah. But that's actually specifically for cross country skiing. Oh, cool. That's pretty neat. So you yeah. train on cross country and I'm sure if you get a hill, you can practice a little downhill. Yeah, for sure. So I never gave up on rollerblading. I've always been there. I don't give a goddamn what anybody says. Whoop their ass. They fucking talk some shit to me. <laughs> I whoop a man's ass. Whoop, whoop his ass, whoop his legs, take a skateboard, shove it up his ass. <laughs> you still so, play uh, roller hockey? Or you, dude, you... since I moved, I haven't been able, I haven't played yeah. at all, which kind of sucks. But I, when I retire next this year, next year, I'm going to get back into it because yeah. it's just super fun. And it's, it's, uh, it's 60, pretty accessible. 60 and up league. Oh, Dude. snap. That you sneak a, in. You sneak like, in uh, looking up. Getting the makeup. Like, put it's like old man makeup on so I can <laughs> play any old balls I can play. Brian, you want to start paying you to be on their team? It'd be great. That boy's good. And now I will say, you know, they, they talk about, you know, a lot of the comments that were made by skateboarders. I will tell you. So it, I've only gone biking down this this one um, Sandy Hook trail a couple times this year. And I've seen several very attractive, very not very young. That sounds really creepy. Like young women, like mm. rollerblading. <clears throat> yeah. Dude, down here, it's, it, there's a lot of people on rollerblades. And like you said, I see a lot of women that are in shape, like rollerblading. And I'm like, wow, this is, it works that booty. For, and they're doing it for workout purposes. But I've seen a lot of people, just men and women just out rollerblading. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to, in a, in a nicer climate. So people are doing stuff all year round and you get tired of doing the same thing. You're like, all right, I don't want a bike. I want to rollerblade and want to run. You know, you want to mix it up a little. 
it's a lot it, like skiing, man. You know, like if you're going to be, uh, again, cr- maybe a little cross country-ish, but it's that same sort of feeling. You're working the same muscles. It's going to yeah. make you a better skier if you rollerblade. Yeah. That's and then fact. like me, you, you get a an electric scooter and you're just like a fat piece of shit riding everywhere. You're that goddamn guy, aren't you? You're going to get a little golf cart next to take out the garbage. Oh, I have neighbors that have the golf cart, but they don't have like a little golf cart to get. They got like a six-seater golf cart with the freaking neon lights. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna get arrested soon. I'm Dude, sure. I was looking. I was. I'm gonna become that guy. I was looking at boats yesterday. Oh, uh, I was. You I start was, looking at boats. You oh, dance with well, you're no. in a good area for boats. Well, that's stuff. the thing. We walked down to the boat launch area, and I saw yep. this boat, and I was like, "That see, that's the kind of boat I would get." It was like a Sea Ray. Did you gotta talk to Steve? He wants to get a boat. You go have these with Steve on a boat. Well, the cool thing is, like where I live, I can actually launch it from my my township has a boat launch. Yeah. So and all I need was like a permit. Park it. I could park it next to my garage. Nice, nice trailer. Park it there. And I saw one online. I mean, it's not cheap, but it was twenty thousand dollars for an eighteen foot boat with a trailer used. Nice, nice. I'm like when I get the Bronco, I could tow that shit, back it in. Dude, yeah, I was looking see. for one a little bit less, a fucking pontoon boat because down here it's so flat. Oh, there That's you go. That's the party on the. You just pontoon but it's funny because it's like people look at it like ah that's a bullshit lake thing just part but you know what you pull up a, a you're in a pontoon boat that's a party i mean you basically have like a tv sound system like fucking toys on that thing it's great you can't even crash with those things either right don't they have like some sort of like uh like a like fenders almost or bumpers it's like an anti-hammer lock on it or something bounce off of stuff when you get hammered, you can't even drive it. It just floats everywhere you want to go. It just floats away. But yeah, they That's got like, thing. I know there's a boats are a boats are a wide range of like if you get a brand new boat, you're talking about you could have bought a really nice high performance car. I was <laughs> looking at used boats, yeah. I, I but they're all like most of them are used because you're like, all right, I don't want to pay about this much money. You know, you start going up with like new boats. You're talking about you're creeping up into the 80, 90, $100,000 and plus. You oh, know? dude, then like, it, there's there's no limit once you start looking. Yeah. And they're not big boats. Like you look at boats like 25, you know, under 30 foot and like 150,000 for, you know, a boat that size. You would think like, all right, I'm getting something really big. Well, you could sleep on it, but it's not huge. You know, yeah, it's not like. You're not uh, big pimping or anything on that thing. Yeah, you're not. You're not going to be on TV on uh, what's that below deck or, or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I was talking to my future brother-in-law's father last weekend, and uh, he lives on Lake Norman down in in North oh, Carolina. Yeah, I was on and Lake. I, that's where I went water skiing. Oh, really? Nice. Fucking got the biggest like Lake Norman enema ever. Oh, yeah. And that's well, when I realized I like snow skiing and not first. <laughs> I asked him, I was like, well, so what do you guys use more? The boat? Cause they have a boat and they have the, they have two wave runners. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, my sons love, love the wave runners. Cause like they can go like 60 miles an hour. Like they, 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 zip they cook. Around. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but he's like, I like the boat. It's like a 29 foot boat. You can have like 10 people on it comfortably. Nice. Like it's, you can sleep in it if you want to. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like that's a nice size. It's like, and so then down there, Steve had the down there they can sleep on the water too. I like think they, they don't have to winterize it if they don't want to because it's right. warm enough year round. Because like up yeah. in, when you live in the north, it's like well you, you get like four months out of it, and you got to yeah. winterize it and pay for all that shit. There's and, a like a month of like bad weather in the Carolinas there. Um, but you could you don't have, you can keep it on the water if you want. 
Right, right. And you could still use it, just wear a wetsuit or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, our buddy Steve, he has he had two wave runners, which he souped up and they were really nice. He just sold one. And I oh, think really? he's thinking about selling the other one because he was, you know, he was thinking like, I get the two wave runners, I get to go out, you know, people are going to, are going to want to go out all the time. And he'd go down there and he'd be by himself a lot. And he's like, you know, if I had a boat, now you're talking about the whole family gets on the boat. Yeah. People are like, oh, let's go out on the, like, it's a little more social. So he's thinking about a boat, I think. So there you go. <laughs> so we'll see. That's you why, I that, that's why perhaps to him. he's got that anxiety. <laughs> Yeah. See, we have friends that have a boat and there's, there's two schools of thought. One is get a boat and do your own thing. You're your own captain. And then you invite people you want and stuff like that. The other school of thought is just be nice to people and have friends that have boats and get invited to the boat and just be gracious, pay for shit, you know, buy whatever. But it is a lot of work in, in maintaining a boat usually. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of having the friend with the boat. That's the move. Well, that's why the boat clubs are big now too. Like down here, especially because it's seasonable, you can uh, you can boat all year, and they have like that. You know, a bunch of boat clubs. Freedom Boat Club's one of them. So it's like a country club membership. You pay like you know a few thousand to get in for your initial, and then it's like you pay a monthly fee, and then you can take out a boat whenever you want. You know. There you go. So it's kind of cool. Nice. Not having to do the maintenance is big. Very big. Well, speaking of not doing the maintenance and having a good time, how about a shout out to our friend Ryan until I die. They are setting up the full send summer music festival. Why is this in ski news? Well, because till I die is a ski company. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked to Ryan a little bit ago, hope to get him back on the podcast in the next few weeks to talk to him about this festival, which seems pretty cool. They are setting up this full send summer music festival on Saturday, July 10th, and will be taking over radio park in Astoria, New York. This outdoor amphitheater and live entertainment venue overlooks the New York city skyline on the East river. Accessible by ferry, subway, or car, the facility boasts a 1,000-person capacity for the event. We fully intend on selling out. Wow. Their main sponsor is Jägermeister (laughs) (laughs) and is hosting all-day cocktails and beer, food, entertainment, and a mini music festival. We the Kings is headlining an insane five-artist lineup, including the always entertaining funk band Sky Daddy, the super high energy, one of a kind, Remember Jones, and the amazing duo of King Margo, not to be overshadowed by the DJ Chris Wonder all day long. Nice. Micro brews, alternative beverages, local New York City food trucks, multiple partner brands of Till I Die, and including a 22-foot tall water slide, hammock lounge, carnival games, all-you-can-eat snow cones, and cotton candy. Boom. Boom. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> so congrats, Ryan, Until I Die. This should be a super cool event. Go to their website, tilldie.com, and they will have links there on the homepage to get more info or go to the show notes section of this episode. We may try to crash. Just give you a heads up. Yes, we may. To say it, full disclosure, we may try <laughs> to crash this thing. Maybe, um, perhaps. <laughs> So next up, we have an announcement for uh, 
And well, it's I'm an announcement of an announcement. Announcement of an announcement. So IndyPass will be announcing two new partners next Tuesday. So two new, res- new resorts are going to be coming online. We don't know where. We don't know how. But it's coming. It's so. coming. And it makes you wonder. I mean, there are so many East Coast resorts already on the IndyPass. Perhaps they will be more out west yeah but we have no idea at this point i think we should speculate just to throw bullshit more bullshit out there because it's all bullshit news anyway our news is just as fake as everybody else's right i think they're gonna add i think it's gonna be something big what do you think i think it's gonna be minuscule and it's gonna be a couple places in like michigan I think they have Revelstoke. What do you think? <laughs> That's a no from me, dog. Revelstoke and Kicking Horse. Two of those. Boom. Yeah. Drop uh, the I mic. Would, I would love to see them grab Elk Mountain in Pennsylvania. That would be super sweet. Do they have Shawnee covered? Shawnee's covered. Boom. I don't uh, know. I got. I think it'll be some little, some smaller places out west. But you know, cool. you never know. We got time. We'll find out a couple more days. So it's today. Today is the 17th. So maybe something in the Buffalo region, right? We're maybe, maybe perhaps, right? You never know. Maybe peak they, and peak. That was a great place. Well, because they had one out there, but they didn't have them all. So maybe they're all like, Hey, this is not a bad deal. Let's do yeah, this. It's, it's, you know, like there's so many other resorts out there now. I mean, I think doesn't like New York state have like 70 ski resorts, something crazy. Oh, yeah. or, Tons of little ones all over the place. Yeah. And those are the kind of places that are going to get, you know, gobbled up and, and put on the Indy pass, which is, which is maybe, great because maybe big snow, <laughs> maybe big snow. That would be <laughs> awesome. Right. If they did like, I oh, would we'll just chuck that on the Indy pass. People are like, great. I could do two days there. Well, big snow. They just announced too. They're actually doing summer camps. Which yeah. I saw awesome. that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and that, hoping to get a little guy into that next year. That would be really cool. Well, we're working on something on the inside with them and with another local ski area. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get another interview or maybe an on-site visit. Not too, not too far in the future. I know yes. you're already planning something. Perhaps, indeed. Yes, we are. I will be trying to get into and out of Canada at the time that you're going to be going there. <laughs> nice. So, so we'll, we'll have to plan another day if I go up, but, uh, very nice. So that pretty much wraps up the old ski news for this week. So now we're going to roll into our main topic and we don't, we don't have an interview this week so we've decided to go with our our new little method where we're taking a story and kind of running with it a little bit more and we just talk about stuff using a little it's got a little more meat to it than we would regularly have it in the ski news section so there was a big announcement last week about the climate collaborative charter which was altera boyne resorts powder and Vale resorts Coming together, the four largest ski resort companies in North America coming together, share responsibility on the issues of sustainability. Right. And to talk about climate change and and the industry, right? They're trying to protect the industry. They're trying to protect the industry because, again, if there's no snow, there's no profit. So 
that right. would be a problem for them. So this is, they had a, a press release that they mentioned and you know there's 71 resorts that they own between the four groups and they all believe that climate change is the most critical issue we face as business leaders and as citizens of this continent and inhabitants of earth the dramatic rise in greenhouse gases that is disrupting our planetary system and threatening our way of life is primarily human caused and needs urgent attention by all affected Scientific evidence and firsthand observations of change resulting from weather extremes and volatility is clear and true. The impacts of the forest habitants, habitats and ecosystem is dramatic and the beginning of the problem we all face on a planetary scale. We must do everything in our power to leave a positive legacy for future generations and to operate and manage our mountain resorts with a commitment to protecting and preserving our environment. So as business leaders, they commit to reduce our energy use whenever possible, climate action and advocacy for effective public policy to shift to a renewable energy economy, strong efforts and goals to reduce waste, become, be responsible stewards of our environment, share best practices to accelerate change in our companies and communities, support the National Ski Areas Association Sustainable Slopes Platform. And then as stewards of the environment, they pledge to incorporate sustainability in all aspects of our mountain resorts, lead by example, and educate employees and guests about sustainability, place collaboration over competition when it comes to sustainability, and advocate for climate protection. So then they go on, blah, 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 political leader, responsibility, humbly and urgently ask mountain resorts, blah, 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 blah. So they're saying they want to do like introduce sustainability, lead by example, like all that stuff. Right. Which right. it's great, you know, right there with the, with the ones they had in the room or that have signed this agreement. I mean, that's a majority resorts in North America. Right. Think about it's, it. It's uh, the, the biggest ones pretty much. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I it's, like that they're doing it. Um, but it's almost, you know, I used to work for UPS like way back uh, when mm -hmm. I started doing technology and they always had, there was always a donation. It was an optional mandatory donation that they made you donate to the, um, the lobbyists that they have in Washington. If you think about it, they're coming out with some really good, true issues to bring to people making laws, you know, and, and this in, in, in a way is similar, uh, but it's also to serve themselves, right? It's because it's their industry, it's their business. This is how they make money and, and, you know, what the world is defined to them is, you know, uh, so it's good that they're doing this. I mean, they're taking the step to say, Hey, we're not just running resorts. We're responsible for trying to keep our resorts going number one, but also, we're part of the whole ecosystem of, you know, making this better for our benefit, but for, for everything, you know, it's nice that they're doing this. I mean, there's, there's a little self-serving to it, but in the end it's, it's helping everybody. So why not? It's good. Yeah. I mean, I, if they really could do anything, that would be awesome. But a lot of this really just, seems like a bit of a well look how much we care you know like right. this is it, it seems like it's more of just like a like a virtue signaling gesture 
than something they're really going to do. And now I, it's like, well, we're going to ban plastic straws. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah, but now we have masks all over bucket. the place as garbage. Yeah. The things that they're doing, like it's nice that they're making an effort, but this whole press release and this whole thing, there's no nothing really tangible to measure. It's not like they're saying, well, we're going to cut our energy use by 30% in the next two years. It's all just like, well, we're going to try and we're going to like maybe like do this stuff. Right. We're pledging to do this. We're pledging to do this. Great. Yeah. But what real action are you going to have? You know, I mean, this is great for PR and this is great to get people on board with frequenting their brand uh, because you believe in it, in, in their, you know, their ideals. But what are they really going to do with it? Right. Like, so it remains <laughs> to be seen. And, and this is something that will, you know, it's something for everybody to be conscious of too. Like I, I while I'm a little bit more cynical as a person, I think it's very important, especially in this day and age, to not take everything for face value and ask a few questions because there's so much bullshit on social media and in the news that is not true that people just take and they run with it. And if you don't look at this and say, okay, great, that's a great step. What comes next? What's going to come out of this? And I think that's where you're going, Brian. That's what we got to ask, right? We have to ask what's going to come next and what are you going to do? What's the point of this, really? Right. Where's, how is this going to make things better? It's great that you set this up and, and this is a good step forward, but this isn't the end of, end of it, right? This is the, the commitment to starting this. Yeah. And we have to watch to see where this goes because, <clears throat> you know, it's. And the, the big thing about this is this is a North American initiative. You know, all these resorts are North America. Yeah. Who is the number one polluter on the planet? China. It is China. So what exactly? You know, it's like. It's like and they going, have the Winter Olympics, right? They do have the Winter Olympics. Again. Year. And it's something, it's, Sorry. again, it's, it's awesome that you're going to do what you're doing in North America. It's like, but the problem, it's like, it's like you're already battling for second place at this point, you know, yeah. no matter what happens, China is number one, US is number two, and India is number three in terms of pollution. So the first and third, you have zero control over. And that's a lot of goddamn pollution from those yep. two those two countries. And I know they always say like, well, America should lead. America should be the one that 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 makes we we should be the shining star. We should be the example for the world. And and right. I get that. And I think that's it sounds we should great always if you're in another ourselves. country, but if you're in America, you're like, oh, where's that money gonna come from? What about if all of a sudden Vale sees, well, I see what's happening here is that by these initiatives, our stockholders are losing 3% of value versus if we did it the old way. Isn't there fiduciary responsibility to do the, the what's best for their shareholders? Right. They're going to have to do the cheaper, more environmentally unfriendly thing, yeah. or the stock price is going to go down and then people are going to sell and they're going to lose more money. So, that's where Vales kind of talks out of both sides of their mouth yeah. and always has. Now they're charging for goddamn parking everywhere. They give you a cheaper Epic pass. Everyone's all super excited. It's like, Oh, Hey, and you're going to park for, 
you know, we're going to pay, you know, charge you for parking this year. And you know, it, it depends on what level you're at too. Right. So it's the whole idea too, of like, um, when people talk about sustainable investing, right. So that they're looking at investing in, in brands and products that do the right thing. Right. If you were looking for a sustainable investment and you were looking at some, somebody that does outdoor sports and you're looking at Vail saying, Hey, I want to invest in Vail. Well, what have they done to, to be a sustainable investment, you know, target? Well, this is something that you would do, right? So on the, in the press and in the, in the hearts and minds of people that are looking to do sustainable investing, this is great. You know, you're like, Oh, they're, they're committed to this. But I think what people have to be weary of is what, what are you going to do with this commitment and what's that going to equate to? Because it's all great to say you want to do great stuff, but at the end of the day, you have to look at, well, what, what change did you do? You know, while you want to do things and you might have great intentions, you got to look at the bottom line of what, what really, what change did you really affect? We're going to build less condos and build a hydroelectric plant instead. Yeah, exactly. Are you? And you're going to build more goddamn condos like you always do. Yeah. I mean, I I read a book. It was called, uh, what the hell was it? The Heart and the Fist. And it was about this, uh, this guy, the real story of this guy that was a Navy SEAL. Well, he was a Rhodes Scholar, went to uh, Columbia, uh, Columbia, I think, whatever. Rhodes Scholar, very smart guy, went into like, you know, um, helping, helping the needy going for causes. And, uh, he did the, what the hell's the, um, it's not habitat for you. Well, he did habitat for man, but it was the, um, where you go to other countries was it Peace Corps. Yeah. So he did Peace Corps for a while. And then he realized when he was in the Peace Corps, he's like, we're helping these people with all these donations, but then the donations get captured and taken away by warlords or whatever in these countries. And he's like, you can try as hard as you want to, to, to do change, but if you don't do it in the right way, it's misguided. So that's why he became a SEAL because he's, he, he, it's pretty messed up. But I'm doing you, the same stuff, but with a gun this time. Right. But he, you know, in his mind, he, he rationalized it. He's like, look, you have to protect the people and the area before you can actually implement change, because otherwise you're just feeding in, you're just, you know, treating the symptom and not the problem. Right. And I was like, wow, this, you know, is a very different perspective on things. You always think about, oh no, we don't want any fighting. We don't No, You want to get the people that are doing the bad and the harm out so that you can do the thing that you want to do. And that's, you know, institute the real change and, and help the people of the area. And I was like, wow, it's pretty profound to think about it that way. But Best I think a lot is a good of, offense. Yeah. But I think a lot of service men and women that get into the the services think that way. And it's, it's interesting to see that perspective, you know? Um, but, you know, again, while this is a good, you know, is this the way to go about it? You know, this is great. They could also come out and say, we're going to give 15% of our profits towards an organization to implement change. The problem That's is another you, way to do it. Once you give money away, you know, like you said, kind of said before, like, how is it accountable? Like, right. I personally, you know what I want? I'll tell you what I want. Every goddamn uh, spring, I got to pay my taxes. I got to fill all these stupid forms and document every single goddamn thing I've, you know, every dollar earned, all that. Why don't I get a document back to me 
with a breakdown of where my taxes were spent. I want to see a line item of every single dollar where it was spent. How come I don't get that? That's the same thing that goes with all these donations. It's like, if you don't have some sort of accountability for it, how much of it gets just skimmed off the top and put in someone's pocket? Yeah, that shit happens all the time, especially when you get governments or big corporations involved. Well, so there is a shit. I forgot the name of it, but it was a, a documentary on Netflix and they were talking about all the NGOs that are out there and they're like, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but they were the one example they had was, you know, they have all these things where people want to donate clothes to these, you know, uh, struggling nations. Well, they donate clothes. And what the people say in those areas is you donated clothes. So now you put out, so you donated shoes. Well, now the local area doesn't have a cobbler because why would they make shoes when you got shoes uh, coming yeah. in Interesting. and just being donated, right? So now you kill that industry. So they donate clothes. Well, now you have no dressmakers and no people in that local area with that skill because why do it? We're getting it. So what happens is you build a reliance on the people just giving you stuff and you don't build your infrastructure in your, your local area. And it's, it's kind of, you know, why are we going to grow rice when we got a shit ton of rice coming in from America? Uncle Ben is donating to us. It's great, but you don't have local farmers. Now they're not farming the land. Like, fuck it. Why farm it? Because I can't sell my product because it's flooded in by, by this other stuff coming in. So it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a dichotomy. You got to help you got to help out, but you also got to help the local grow, you know? And that's one yeah. of the big things. One of the things that came out of that, they were like, you know, rather than send us donations, give us small business loans, give us loans to, to help start a business locally to do something, you know, that, like that old, would change. Give a man a fish, show you for a day, teach a man to fish right for a whole lifetime. And, yeah. you know, it's very separate, you know, you donate money to these causes and it's great. You feel better and, you know, you think you're helping and you probably are helping in a lot of ways, but, um, I guess it's the whole system and, and it's the system behind that donation that you wonder where it's going and what it's doing. Right. There's like an agenda behind it and you hate to be like pessimistic, but the more you look at these situations, the more you yeah. realize it happens. I know one of the biggest ones that's happening in the world right now is the homeless crisis. You know, yeah. with, it's obviously gotten worse with COVID. Um, but, Dude, I'm in but Florida. Big cities. It is horrible here. You know it. Yeah. But like big cities too, like New York and Dude, I write um, letters Los to Angeles. every week about shit going on. Dude, they <laughs> big cities, they have like hundreds of millions of dollars allotted for helping the homeless and do you know how much of that money gets skimmed off and lost didn't like i think i saw an article like the mayor of new york's wife she was in charge of one thing she was in charge of like the the homeless crisis and and you know whatever her organization was was the one that was going to handle it there's 850 million dollars unaccountable it's like like aren't people like shouldn't people be like storming the the mayor's residence and like demanding answers to that. But you're like, yep, oh, it's just, you know, government. Eh. Right. Well, even a nonprofit organization, right? People are still getting paid working for that organization. Well, while you say they might not be stealing money, they might be giving positions to their whole family. Right. So now the whole family, maybe they're not qualified. Maybe they're doing some stuff. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're getting a, a salary way beyond what they should be getting. But that's money that's coming out of the donations that's going to fund the whole system. And yeah. there's and a lot of money being made in that system. 
And that's that's why, yeah, whenever you donate to those charities, you should look online and see what percentage of their donations actually gets put to use and how much of it goes to overhead, right? salaries, because a lot and of then, it does. And then they all have a board of directors. And board of directors, if you sit on the board, you make some money. And you know what happens is you sit on 10 boards, you make 20000 each board, now you're making a shitload of money. Making- see, that's I would be really good on a board. That's I would love like if, a board. If anyone's looking to have board positions filled, ski bump podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we can we can we'll fight. We'll fight for the little guy. We'll we'll cause dissent. Like we'll take but over the board. They don't meet regularly. They meet once a quarter. And it's always a, somewhere dope. A year. Yeah. Somewhere dope. You hang out, you talk about a bunch of shit for a day or two, and then you're out. If someone you know? could have a if whatever companies have board meetings in Telluride and Jackson Hole. Like, and there are available board positions. We have a lot of knowledge, experience, intelligence that we could bring to that board. Oh, we Revolutionary. Would make that board, we would make that board accountable for a lot of shit. We'd be calling people out. We'd be like you. I saw you last week. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we'd call people out. It would be, it'd be good. Yeah, I think so. I, I think we should be on every board related to skiing in the skiing yeah. industry. Just saying. Yeah. And so it's kind of wrap this up. I mean, it is, it's, it's a nice gesture, but it really just does seem like kind of lip service at this point, because again, there's no, there's nothing like, there's no definite goals. There's no actionable measure. It's all very just kind of open-ended. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to reduce, you know, will be amazing. Perhaps I'm just being, uh, a prick and I'm being wrong and I'm wrong in all this. They're going to somehow turn snow. They're going to find a way to harness energy from snow, just existing. They're going to be a hundred percent snow powered. They're going to have electric vehicles cruising in everywhere. There'll be zero emissions. They'll have magical snow cats that run on, 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 nothing. S- on air snow power on water vapor. That's right. The chairlifts will all run to on on people's good vibes. I don't know. Like perhaps so, that's the world we're going to have. So I gotta say, I'm getting to the end of my opre. And yes. uh I think between that and the fact that we're getting ready for under the ropes and maybe the tincture that I took is kicking in. Um, I agree with you. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's not Collaboration. just it's a it's it's a bunch of hot air they're trying to blow up your uh up your skirt. Let's put it that way. Um, a, a lot of it looks like just a bunch of other ways to be able to jack the price of your lift tickets and passes up. Yeah. Hey, I, anybody can put out a, a a pledge. I could put a fucking pledge out to not be an asshole. And you know what? Tomorrow, I'm still going to be an asshole. You're already an asshole after saying it. Exactly. I'm like, an asshole while saying it, but I'm saying I'm not going to be an asshole. Asshole while saying it. <laughs> you be an asshole saying it. Right when you're saying it, like you people would so hold up their hand, but like, excuse me, you're being an asshole right now. But like, yes, but I'm pledging not to be an asshole. Your brain, ipso facto, to your mouth. <laughs> right as you were talking. From my lips to your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. Like, hey, let's let's put something out there. Let's get some PR boost out of this. Everybody's going to go back to the fucking slopes. And you know what they're going to do? Somebody's going to make a shitload of money saying, oh, I did a great job marketing. You didn't fucking market shit. You know what? COVID ended and everybody's able to go back skiing and they flooded out to go skiing. Did the you CEO, do anything like, great? No. 
fucking COVID ended. How about that? Yeah, the CEO jumps in his Land Rover getting like 12 miles to the gallon and is like, I did a good thing for the environment today. Yeah. Right now is when you should go try to get a job in marketing or something at a ski area. You look like a genius like a year from now. Like, oh my God, you did such a great job. Yes, we increased 100% of our you know, user uh, people visiting is great. Revenue is up. Bully. Pat each other on the back and have a nice fucking steak Cigars dinner. Cigars and steaks, yeah. <laughs> little scotch, little Angel's Envy. Oh, uh, Rob Report, I saw Angel's Envy. There's a new one. Oh. It's, uh, I forgot what kind of cask it's, and they were saying it was pretty goddamn good. Cocktail sauce cask. Cocktails. Damn. <laughs> or ribs cask. Ribs cask. Oh, that'd be so good. Tabasco sauce ca- cask. Yeah. Yeah, this is now, you know what? Like maybe there's a way that they could figure out like the carbon in the atmosphere. What if somehow they could pull the carbon out because there aren't ways to do that now and turn that into snow. What if they could pull carbon into a device to make new and improved snow? Imagine the snow is better because they're pulling it from the air. Maybe they can mix angels envy with carbon from the air and make better snow. All right, so this is the limited Angel's Envy finished in Madeira cask. Madeira? I don't know what Madeira is, but as they say, it's goddamn delicious. <laughs> Mucinex? It's a Mucinex <laughs> cask? <laughs> Mucinex <laughs> cask. Ah, oh, that would be fucking medicinal. You'd it's be like, like dude, I don't feel so cold, good. kid, have a little Angel's Envy. <laughs> Mucinex. <laughs> what, do I, what do you give to your kid? Have a little Angel's why Envy. Why don't they right finish? Sleep after. Why don't they finish off any medicines in casks? Perhaps we're missing out. Bourbon in medicine cask. I like. Well, they could do. They could do both. Like, what about like barrel aged mucinex? (laughs) Got a bullet bourbon that was aged in like a Formula Forty Four D cask. Old school Nyquil. (laughs) Old school Nyquil. (laughs) McAllen finished in a Nyquil cask. (laughs) McAllen finished in a Nyquil cask. (laughs) Can you imagine? Goddamn delicious in a Nyquil cask. That would be. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Fucking bam. (laughs) Old school. Like, you won't have a single disease because you'll be dead. <laughs> Dude, this, this cures Corona. Hmm. <laughs> it cures COVID, man. I don't know. But yeah, like there's, I feel like. What was that paint we, I was talking to you about? What the fuck was it? It was in Barcelona. 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 Was it Barcelona or no? It was a different city. Shit. It was. um Madrid. No. Alboa? Malaga. Say it was the Dolly Museum? No, it wasn't Dolly, right? Hey, man, my you. brain is just, those two brain cells are just bumping into each other like a bunch of idiots. Stupid weed. Like fucking stooges. Just yeah, boop, like, see, boop. all the thing, and they pledge these, like, little magical fairy, like, not going to do anything things, but I'd be like, we are experimenting with pulling carbon out of the air to make new snow. I put it okay. I put in a search for Balboa paint flags, art Balboa paint flags, and all I got is fucking Rocky Balboa American flag paintings. <laughs> Dude, there's so many of them. I feel I feel bad as an American. If I could change, <laughs> so you could change. Made up. Everybody made up could change. <laughs> Yeah, dude. That I I always think about anytime I think about Rocky Balboa and any tribute to him, I think about the um, the rant, the Philly rant. Bill Burr. 
Yes. The Bill Burr Philly rant. Holy yeah. shit. I played that Dummies. for a few people oh and I, I prefaced it saying, this is pretty tough to take. And I just want to let you know. Oh no, no, this is good. And midway they're like, <gasps> <laughs> two minutes remaining, <laughs> two minutes remaining. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, that guy, that was awesome. Yeah, Fucking that was rant. so great. <laughs> you got a best. statue to a, a fake guy, not even a boxer. It's like the only reason he won is because that's how it was written in the script. <laughs> 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 and you dummies um, love him. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's the Guggenheim. The Guggenheim. What about a veil claim that half of all their sweatshirt sales, all the money will go towards a carbon neutral snow cat. Hmm. I want tangible goals. This is all just very f- loose. I like hippy that. dippy. I like that word, floose. Floose. It's because it's like full of shit fl- and loose. It's yes. Floose. Like full of shit and loose. You know that guy in the bathroom, man. He's freaking going floose in there. Floose. All right. So it's in Belbao, Spain, the Guggenheim Museum. Bilbao, Spain. There you go. Bilbao. So they did a treatment on these banners around town and they say the ba- the treatment they did converts, it purifies, all right, it's based on the natural process of photocatalysis, catalysis, whatever, which leads to the purifying effect, purifying effect similar to that of trees. And they said they put them around town and it has the effect of about planting 700 trees. And they said the technology was developed by with NASA using Spain for Shishido Cosmetics ad campaign design in Madrid. So it's been, it's Puretti Paint. That's the name of it. Puretti, P-U-R-E-T-I, print processing. Hmm. Very cool. So they're saying they could put this shit around town and it is, turns it into like a carbon neutral environment instantly. Look at that. Paint the snow cats with that. Hey, you, you got a lodge. What did you paint the outside of it? It better be Peretti paint because that motherfucker better be like carbon neutral. How about all the slope side condos? Paint it with that. That's right. The all list. the skis. All the skis. All right, I just sent you the, the, uh, the name of it. Puretti nice. print. Use the power of light. I love it. I'm going to paint my house with this. <laughs> well that's kind of how we feel about this whole thing i hope it is a positive thing it moves us towards a more sustainable shinier happier ski environment that would be great but we shall see so you want more information go and check out the links we have on our site skibumpodcast.com under the ropes slipping under and speaking of sustainability, United has announced, United Airlines, that is, have announced they are working with the company Boom and have promised to buy 15 of Boom's Overture airliners as soon as they pass regulation testing. What is a Boom airplane? Well, Boom is a supersonic jet. Nice. We've talked about this. Freaking, yeah. We've talked about this probably 15 times over the course of this podcast. Why the hell have they not come up with supersonic travel? 
since the Concorde was gone. That's right. Pfizer, with all the modern technology, you can't just do what the Concorde did, right? The Concorde came out in like the 60s, didn't it? Dude, that thing was around for fucking ever. I think they ended it in the 80s, right? No, it was like almost 2000, wasn't it? The last Concorde flight? See. I think it was like it was pretty late. 2003, so yeah. Operated from yeah, 76 to 2003. Oh, 76 only. Okay. Yeah. But retired October 2003, that's after they crashed into like a fucking hangar. They couldn't lift off or something stupid happened. Yeah, they had a couple of accidents in there. Not good. It was such a cool-looking plane, too. But dude, back then, like your sister-in-law, I think said she did she fly it once? I don't remember if she said she did, but I think she said the ticket was like 14 grand to 20 grand back then. And I'm that like, was, that's back then. That's when 14 grand was 14 grand. Yeah. Now it's like that's chump change to some high rollers. Yeah, I wonder what what this is gonna cost. But I mean 2029, I mean that's pretty far out. It's pretty far out. But dude, like imagine that and say you could fly like anywhere in the world in like four hours. Yeah. So Melanie, she used to work for United. So we fly standby with her benefits. Mm-hmm. I told her, I'm like, we got to get, get a seat on that motherfucker going anywhere. <laughs> Dude, seriously, right? How epic would that be? <laughs> There's probably no way we're going to get access to that. <laughs> yeah, probably the first couple of years, it's going to be all booked up. Now, it's probably not even a part of the program. They're probably like, yeah, it excludes this <laughs> new shit that we just added. Yeah. Um, it's like, why are you flying supersonic from... Tampa to Knoxville. <laughs> Get there in five minutes. Six man. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's like a it's like a subway. This is fucking great. Yeah. They didn't well, even fine. land. They just drop you off in a parachute. Still be awesome. If they're in six minutes, it'd be worth it. Dude, they should drop you off in a parachute. That'd be great. Just like boop. They keep keep flying and they drop you off in a little pod that turns into a parachute. Right. And you're off. It's kind of sweet. We did our drop. I am a fan. So I, we'll, we'll see. Again, it's still eight years out at the very least, but it would be so cool to be able to go to Europe in like three hours, four hours. You know, you're going to Switzerland, you're going to Zermatt, just boom, four hour flight. Dude, the problem is now, I don't even think the flight's going to be the problem. The problem is going to be do you have a COVID <laughs> test? Do you have a hair sample? Do you have a fucking jizz test? Like, there's going to be all sorts of shit that they're going to get at the border now. Like, I'm sorry. It's going to get out of hand before it gets better. You're going to need your pap smear identification, like everything. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, well, we know you have HIPAA laws in the U.S., but we don't give a shit when you come into the country. So do you have this, that, and the other thing? Why, yes, I do. Great. You can't come into the country. Well, we're trying to stay a little bit positive here. Yeah, I'm a I little think it's bitter. Be awesome. I'm looking into it now, and I got the full force action and the fear because we're trying to cross a border next week, a two week and a half, and it's gonna be a shit show. I'll tell you. Oh boy! Now. Oh boy! Thinking. So I'm thinking it's gonna be all right. We stay positive. Yes, yeah, just stay positive. But I, I'm always prepared for the worst, so that you got to be ready to, you know, head on a swivel. Duck and run. Duck and cover. Yeah. But speaking of fans, uh, Rick and Morty is coming back. Uh, new episodes begin this Sunday. Nice. So, let's talk about Rick and Morty. If anybody that's listening or watching the podcast has not seen Rick and Morty, what the fuck, man? 
<laughs> right? Like WTF. Like you got to see that. Because if you enjoy even... the humor of our show, you'll probably enjoy the humor of Rick and Morty. Right. And you can't even get the humor of some of the jokes unless you see it. Like there's, there's a level of like understanding you have to get. How about the whole it, thing? Did you, the episode bizarre. with the dragon last season? <laughs> How the dragon was like all like perverted yes. and stuff. Yep. <laughs> Morty wanted a dragon and it's going to this weird dragon land. And they're all like banging. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like banging dragons. Like it's, it's fucked up. It's super weird. Yeah. And it, our description is weird. It's weirder than we're even describing it. I assure like, you. That's just it. You can't even describe it and talk about it. Cause there's no, there's no frame of reference. Like yeah. it's all over. Like bird, bird person. Like you can't even get that. They just brought him back too. Right. At the end. <laughs> He's like a cyborg bird person though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even like with the, the, the balls, the set of balls, was mad about the time travel and they beat the shit out of Morty, uh, out of Rick. Remember at the end of that one episode, like you can't explain that episode, like try to explain that one episode to somebody and you yeah. just sound like an idiot. And they're looking at you like, I don't know what you're talking about. These gonads kick the shit out of them. Time travel. Like what? Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick is mainstream though. I think I see shirts. Pickle Rick. Yeah, it's true. Like, that's the I only one. That's, People don't even know what Pickle Rick. That's understandable. You can you can wrap your head around Pickle Rick. Yeah, it's more of a superhero episode. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of also superheroes, Jeff Bezos. That guy's a superhero, right? Not really. Just a rich guy who's he's trying to. He's like a Batman. You got money. What's your talent? What, what's your special power? I got money. Well, he's kind of more of like a villain, I think, isn't he? More of like a Green Goblin kind of rule, like bad guy. Bezos? Yeah. Seems a little Green Goblin-ish. Isn't that the right one from Spider-Man? I, you know, I don't know. Now that Elon Musk is being a dick with, Bit, with Bitcoin, I'm thinking maybe Jeff Bezos is the Spider-Man to his Green Goblin. Mm. I don't know. I don't know who Spider-Man and who the Green Goblin is now. That's the thing. We can't, we don't, we shouldn't even have heroes anymore. Everyone's just kind of like, used to be back in the day, you'd have the good guy and the bad guy. And now you just have no idea who's what people switching roles. It's like wrestling, you know, like one, yeah. one moment Hulk Hogan's your hero. Next minute Hulk Hogan goes bad. And you're like, he goes, Oh my God, he's evil he Hulk Hogan. Bad. That's right. Yeah. You don't even know I think anymore. they're all bad. How about that? Rob, that's, that's the safe way to look at things. I just, the safe way is they're all bad. So for some reason, a growing number of people online are urging the world's wealthiest man, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, to buy Leonardo da Vinci's famous Mona Lisa painting and eat it. An online petition posted by Kane Powell and signed by over 4,500 people is titled, We Want Jeff Bezos to Buy and Eat the Mona Lisa. Wow. Nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen reads the single sentence petition. <laughs> the Mona Lisa famously housed at the Louvre Museum in Paris is owned by the French state. Despite its absurdity, or perhaps because of it, the comical petition continues to gain supporters and draw media attention. <laughs> Most amusing are the comments left on the petition's page by supporters, starting with Angel Flores from Phoenix, Arizona, who wrote, Gobble da Lisa. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Calvin Delisa. This is the most important petition in modern times, argues Abhishek Ranjit from Kathmandu, Nepal. Jeff Bezos needs to eat the Mona Lisa to save the world. Save the world. There are now 8,882, 84 who have signed. They need 10,000. Damn. It keeps going up. Now there are 8,890 right now. It keeps ticking away. Could we sign it. <laughs> so this is the weird stuff, right? So so people are saying it. Some of most of them, hopefully, as a joke. Some of them probably seriously. And then there's the guy from Toronto that that said made the case saying it's available online anyway, and therefore we don't really need the original anymore. <laughs> it's like really so because you have a copy of something that's better than the original. Like I don't know, man. That's that's pretty messed up. Yeah. That's like saying we don't need Wayne Gretzky anymore. Just shoot him in the head. Like he did his time. Oof. That's good. It's pretty harsh. He's done. Yeah. He's done. We've got his daughter, Paulina, on Instagram. Yeah. That's all we need. That's all we need. She's there. Then She's again, there. we have her, her tweets and stuff. So we can get rid of her too, right? Like the fuck. Also useless. Get rid of her. We can do like an, a new AI version of her. It's even better. Dude, for that matter, we could just get rid of all social media. Just AI it. Dude, I'm reading that friggin' yeah. price. Uh, the price of tomorrow. How do we get a schema podcast AI? It would just keep saying the same crap every time. Like, oh, Bill sucks. Oh, this beer is really good. Oh, it wouldn't be that hard. It'd Beer's be like, good. this sucks. I took like, too much weed. It'd be like a second graders like AI project. It'd be the most easy thing to accomplish. <laughs> it's we all parts and boogers. I don't know what these guys are doing. They're like we have fifth grade level. Such a limited range of things we uh go out on a limb on and say. Uh, we're not as classy as Gobble the Lisa. We couldn't come up with that. God, it's, it's, you know what? It's short. It's Poetic. point. It's it really, it's almost like a haiku of a haiku. That's right. Now, is it angel, angel, or is it angel Flores? I don't know. Angel. Angel, yeah. I like angel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gobble the oh, Lisa. I'm so sure, you know, I'm sure on hell is already selling gobble delisa t-shirts. <laughs> oh, and it's some <laughs> other chick named Lisa on the, on the oh, Lisa shirt. Simpson on there. That's right. Uh, so I love how at the bottom of it, they say it is not recommended for anyone to eat an oil painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God the lawyers were there to make sure that message goes out there because I was very much considering eating all the oil paintings in my house, which is actually zero. Oh, and they're saying a famous example of its inadvisable effects is Vincent Van Van Gogh, who is said to have tried to poison himself by eating paint and drinking turpentine. (laughs) Dude, it's crazy. Yep. Crazy genius. He's crazy awesome. What about you start making your own like tincture? What about like cannabis oil painting? Then you eat that and you just get super trippy. Like you just trip out. I wonder if we could just do a petition for Jeff Bezos to eat like 10,000 milligrams of THC at one time. We'll make a mini weed and acid Mona Lisa painting and have him eat that. Oh, in space. In space. (laughs) Fucking weightless. Can you imagine the freak out he would have being confined and weightless? Dude, imagine that's like his new TV show. Like Jeff Bezos eats the the great works of art in space. (laughs) On weed. 
That's it. Cuck sounds like a goddamn Rick and Morty <laughs> international cable TV show. Dude, that would be the only reality show I'd want to watch. Jeff Bezos eating masterpieces in space. That's a <laughs> great goddamn. Instead of masterpiece theater, like masterpiece eating. Masterpiece Guy Fieri, like prepare eater. for him. Oh my God. Guy Fieri preparing masterpieces. <laughs> oh, look at that. I'm preparing the Mona Lisa. He's going to eat that. That's money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we're definitely in Flavortown now. <laughs> oh, that that's good. That that Mona Lisa is pretty good. <laughs> oh man, there's lots of oil in here, and there's some papyrus. Is that papyrus? Yeah, yeah. Get up that. chop, up chop, up chop. <laughs> so what gets me is how did this all start, and why the Mona Lisa of all things? I think it's because of weed. <laughs> weed. Someone got super high and said. <laughs> I think Jeff Bezos should eat the Mona Lisa. I think he should eat the Mona Lisa. This picture of Jeff Bezos from this picture, he's like looking at me. Yeah, it's freaky. It's like, I know what you did. I know what you did. I you watched did it Bezos. and I liked it. And I'm going to draw a picture of it in space. <laughs> in space. <laughs> I want to ride my rocket and draw the picture of it in space so everybody can see. Yeah. Man. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, who knows? Maybe he will actually do it. Well, think about it this way. If he steals it and goes to space, he's in non-world. He's in intergalactic waters. Intergalactic waters, right? So he's not regulated by anything. There's no laws. So, right. So he could eat it in space and not break any laws. Be like, I ate it. I ate it. What'd you do? What'd you do? I ate it. Or what if he's able to come back in the frame? What if he be- <laughs> he wears on his head? He's like, woo, spinning around I his neck. <laughs> what if he beams it to his spaceship? Oh, uh-huh. maybe that technology exists. We don't know about it. Like perhaps it's like the new era of like Ocean's Eleven. If he could beam it into space, why does he need a goddamn spaceship to push him up into space? He can just beam into space. Well, I think he has to he has to fly over the Louvre, have it beam up, and then go into space. He just beam both into space. ISS, he's there in two seconds going <laughs> eating the goddamn Mona Lisa. And they don't even know. They're like, we thought we saw Jeff Bezos eating the Mona Lisa on the ISS, and then he disappeared, and we don't know where he went. Like, I believe he was using plastic spork. <laughs> he used Mona spork, Lisa. He Mona Lisa. He, he cursed. He disappeared. Catch a packet and spork to eat Mona Lisa. <laughs> he cursed at us. He disappeared. I don't know what happened. I go to bed. <laughs> Uh, it's fucked up. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Jeff Bezos hunts the ISS. <laughs> Comes up, shows up anytime, like eats another painting. <laughs> I don't know. I saw him in the bathroom before eating like the fucking scream. I don't know. What <laughs> what's he going to eat next? We don't know. Tune in next week. To find out. <laughs> on Masterpiece Eater. Masterpiece Eater. Intergalactic uh, Masterpiece Eater. Oh, that's great. Eaters in space. Well, paints in space. I guess we're gonna find out what happens with that. I don't think he's gonna eat it. I'm. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd go with no as well. But you I never guess know. it's not for sale, right? But if if you have a lot of money, can you just be like, well, Mona Lisa is for sale now, dude? Everything is for sale. Maybe he could eat a Banksy. Maybe he could eat a Banksy. Maybe he he could eat Banksy in space. So he tricked Banksy into getting on the spaceship with him, goes into space, and then proceeds to cannibal action Banksy and eat him. 
Wow, it's Jesse got super, artist and that's artist. got super dark. This, that's how we discover <laughs> who Banksy is because Jeff Bezos is eating him. That's <laughs> messed up, man. And then you can have Christo come out and cover everything <laughs> in a blanket. There you go. In space. In space. Like art on art on art. How about he has Banksy eat the Mona Lisa? He eats Banksy. Christo eats them. It's like Inception. <laughs> it's the plot of Inception too. God damn! It's a Hannibal Lecter version of Inception. I mean, it got super weird, but that's kind of what happens sometimes. It's summer. It's it's... <laughs> you got the art. You got the, the Banksy. You got the Jeff Bezos. You got like. Well, then does art imitate life, or does life imitate art? And they could all eat turducken to start the whole thing. Turducken. Boom. Human centipede too. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> human centipede in space. What the fuck's gonna go on next? Human spaceipede. <laughs> so you could basically redo anything in space. Pretty much, yeah. just changes the whole yeah, landscape. Like the really. outsiders in space. <laughs> Cobra Kai in space. Cobra Kai in space. Yep. Man, you you don't let them take that. You, you don't you don't come into our moon base and disrespect our master for that intergalactic karate <laughs> we do karate in space yep. do space karate space karate <laughs> do, i do space foo space kung fu <laughs> <laughs> like yeah well on that note Oof. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this madness we really do appreciate it check us out skibumpodcast.com Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Check us out. Follow us on the, t- the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bump Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Got swag on the website, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.